Welcome back to a new episode of Two Guys, One Campfire. I am Eric, and I am doing a solo episode today. If you follow us on Facebook, um, there's been some logistical issues and you know, my work schedule and all that good shit. So Ryan and I were not able to team up this weekend and do a recording. So you get to listen to my soulful voice. Sorry, bad joke. Um, <laughs> so this week I'm going to talk about something regarding questions I've been asked through the years and especially more recently. So it's going to be gun talk. I know a bunch of people just, uh, they just shut off. I know. I know. But yeah, we're going to talk about guns and some laws and stuff like that. Maybe it's helpful for you or someone you know. So we're going to start off with one that I'm asked all the time, which is fine. New shooters, they ask me, or people interested in getting into sports shooting or self-protection, especially nowadays, with all the crazy fucking shit going on in our country. You know, violent crime is up. Crime in general is up, you know, from carjackings, burglaries, theft in stores, you name it. It's off the charts, especially in the cities. So people ask me, like, do I need a permit? How do I get one if I need it? Well, start off, do you need a permit? Well, it depends on your state. If your state has what is called constitutional carry, then no, you do not need a permit. You do need to have an ID when you go to the store to purchase a firearm. Um, and they do a background check. It does go through NICS, NICS. I, off the top of my head, after a few beers, I can't remember what that means. But it's a background check. So if you do not have any kind of criminal history or anything of the sort, you still fa you know, fill out paperwork and all that good shit. But they do a background check. And if there's nothing there, you're good to go. I think there's 26 or 27 states that are like that. Obviously, go on the internet and search. In a state like where Ryan and I are in Connecticut, yes, you are required to get a permit, which we both feel is bullshit, but hey. Um, I am definitely in favor of someone having to take a safety course. In Connecticut, you are required to. I'm not opposed to that because people do dumb shit with guns. <laughs> Even those that are trained and I've owned them for years people still do stupid shit so taking a safety course that's probably a good idea so for those in here in Connecticut yes you have to take a safety course then you go to your local PD or Department of Safety or what it is in your locale and you get an application I'm gonna run this down real quick it's a form you fill out there's instructions on what the town requires and payment for your background check and fingerprints. You need to get it signed in front of a notary and sign it in front of the notary. So fill it out and leave it blank. Don't sign it. Then you turn that into your town, local PD, whatever. You pay your payment for your background check, get your fingerprints done. You wait a few weeks, they do a background check on you and they give you a temporary permit. Here in Connecticut, it's good for 60 days. So if you do not go to the state police to get your permanent, or not permanent, but your state permit, then you have to start this horse shit all over again. So make sure you have like vacation time or take a long lunch off of work. So once you get a temporary permit from your town, you go to the state police barracks in Middletown here in Connecticut. Again, go on the internet, look at your state and town requirements. And then we 
you're in Connecticut, you go to Middletown. I don't know if there's any other places right now. You hand in your paperwork, you give them your uh, payment, they take your picture, and you got your permit. They hand it to you. It's just like your driver's license. It's good for five years, and then, you know, they'll send you a notification when it's time for renewal. But again, I reiterate, I don't have a problem with any state or locale requiring somebody taking a safety course. It's good. I knew about guns, but I still learned some shit. It was, you know, it was interesting. You know, some of it I'm like, yep, I know. Yep, I know. Oh, I didn't know that. All right, cool. Um, another qu common question that I get is, do I need to tell a police officer I'm carrying a firearm when I get pulled over? Again, go on the internet and look because some states do require that. Here in Connecticut, you are not required to tell an officer you are carrying a firearm when you're pulled over. I myself, personally, and this is a personal preference, when I have recently pulled over last year or whatever, I was up front. Because, you know, we all have seen the stories here. You know, Ryan and I, we covered what happened in, in Bristol, Connecticut. I don't have a problem being up front. A police officer is just like me. They want to go home at the end of the day. They see some seriously fucked up shit. I don't envy some of the calls that they get. So me personally, I don't have a problem telling an officer that, yeah, here, I am carrying. This is where it is. Keep my hands on the wheel. Officer, tell me how you would like me to proceed. Some states, it is required. Um, my wife has family in North Carolina. North Carolina recognizes Connecticut's permit, so I could bring my gun down there. However, North Carolina requires you, upon a traffic stop, to inform the officer that you are carrying a firearm. So you have, again, wherever you live, go on the internet, search. Or if you can't find anything there, go to a gun store and ask. The clerks at a gun store, they are more, most places especially nowadays, I'll get into why, are more than willing to be helpful. Because, especially if you're a new shooter, they don't want to scare you away. They want to inform you. They want to help you. So, again, check the internet. Go to a local gun store and ask questions. Or ask your friends or family, that people that are gun owners. They'll be able to tell you. If they don't know, resort, you know refer back to what I just said. Um, now, the reason why many gun stores now are very uh, friendly and, you know, more chill, especially with new shooters, is because here's a question. What is the fastest growing demographic of gun owners in America in the last 10 plus years? Women. The days of the gun world being, you know, a boys club, long gone. Which is a great thing. It's not just a good thing. It's a great thing. Now, of course, if you go to a gun store, you're going to run into some of the ornery old fucks that are just, uh, you know, buy a revolver, that's all you need. Or all you need is a shotgun for home defense. Okay, whatever, FUD. But because women are such a fast-growing demographic of gun owners in America... Women don't want to go into a gun store where some big burly douchebag is going to be like, well, come here, little lady, get this pink gun. And she's going to be like, what the fuck? No. Through the years, many uh, clerks 
salesmen, whatever you want to call them, have become more sensitive to the customer that comes in. More friendly, more inviting, more helpful, which is, again, awesome. Because I know when I first got into firearms, I was like, I don't want to sound like a fucking idiot. I don't want to look like a moron, but I don't know. So it's great having somebody behind the counter that even if they tease you or chuckle, laugh at you, that's fine. But at least if they're informative, they answer your question. You may feel dumb for a second, but you know what? You're getting the answer. So when I used to be a pistol instructor and I told everybody I taught, you may think it's a stupid question. In my book, the only stupid question is the one not asked. Because especially when you're dealing with firearms, we all know what guns can do. They can be dangerous, especially in the hands of somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. Ask the question. Don't feel like you're stupid. Just, you're ignorant. You don't know. Ask the question. Get the answer. So another question I was actually asked recently is, how can gun law, how can states have different gun laws across the board when we have the Constitution? Constitution, obviously, the Second Amendment is national, it's federal. So how can states have these laws? Well, you got to rewind time and go through all sorts of court decisions forever. But states are allowed to have what they call safety laws. Don't you feel so much safer now? I know I do. (sighs) Whatever. But states are allowed to create safety laws. Kind of like marijuana is illegal federally. I roll my eyes too. (laughs) We all know more than half of the population of the country smokes weed. But there are states out there that have legalized it. It's still not legal federally. However, it is legal within certain states because states are allowed to make their own laws. So when it comes to guns, that is why some states can say, ah, screw it, constitutional carry, as long as you don't have a, a criminal background, you're good to go. And others are like, no, you have to do this and do that and blah, blah, blah. You know, that's why states are allowed to have safety laws. And so they create these laws regarding firearms. Let's see on my list here. Uh, uh, I'm going to get into that one a little later. That was a hot one. Why are AR-15s so popular? Easy. They're accurate, easy to use, and very low recoil. Again, I mentioned the FUD earlier. That's a reference to Elmer FUD. Because a lot of the older usually gentlemen out there, all you need for home defense is a shotgun. Well, a lot of people really can't handle the recoil of a 12-gauge. You know, if you're 5 foot 2, 115 pounds, that sucker's going to push you backwards. It does have quite a bit of recoil. But an AR-15, you're going to laugh at it. The recoil of an AR-15 is extremely minimal. Nothing like what Sheila Jackson has talked about. Look her up her video. She's a fucking idiot. The recoil, the AR-15 is relatively light. Again, easy to manipulate, easy to work. Recoil is low. So if you are not the big burly man, you can still handle a, an AR-15. You can load it. You can shoot it accurately with a lot of fun, and you're not going to get a bruise on your shoulder. That is why they're popular. 
Plus, they're highly customizable. People like to put lights on them or lasers and scopes, red, you know, red dots and all that happy horse shit. Highly customizable like Legos. That is why an AR-15 is so popular. Now, why are they used in not so good ways? Again, it's because it's very common. It's kind of like you don't see a Ferrari on many American highways. You do see them, but how many Ferraris compared to Toyota Camrys do you see? Toyota Camrys, well, outside of the price difference, Toyota Camrys are very popular. Just like Honda Accords, they're very popular. That is why. They're just, AR-15s are very common. That's, That's it. That's the bottom line. I love shooting them. They're a hell of a lot of fun. They're loud as fuck, I will tell you that. But they're a lot of fun. Um, I get this question with new shooters often. It's, what is the best gun? What gun should I buy? My answer is, I don't have a fucking clue. Because it's kind of, guns are a lot like buying a car. When, when I taught my students, I use a lot of car references that everybody could relate to. Like when you're in the market to buy a new car, outside of price and looks, and reliability, and probably gas mileage, everybody has those things they're looking for. Oh, I need a four-door, or, you know, I need a minivan, or I need all-wheel drive, whatever. So when you go online and you do your car search, you put all that shit in, and it, you come, you whittle the list down to two or three cars, and you go test drive them. Guns are the same way. You know, what's your purpose? What is your purpose of this gun? Are you going hunting? Or is it just home defense? Or are you going to carry it on your person when you go out, you know, out, go out in public? That is one question you have to ask yourself. Then you do your research. Now, just like in the car world or the cell phone world, in the gun world, opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. Someone's going to say, oh, that brand sucks. Or you have to buy this and blah, blah, blah. blah. Do your own research. And usually what I recommend is if you do a research on, say, five different websites, you're going to, again, research, of course, is opinions. But if you start noticing certain brands or certain models that are overlapping, that's a model of a gun you might want to write down your list. Commonly, like, is the Glock 19. Very, very, most popular gun in the world. And then there's some Sig Sours, there's some Smith & Wessons, there's some Rugers. If they start overlapping in your research, right, jot them down. Especially if they're in your price range. Because guns can be expensive. And do not, do not be afraid of buying a used firearm. I've owned them. They're great. Many locations, when you buy one, if you take it to the range within a certain amount of time, and if there's a malfunction... They'll either take it back from you or fix it at their expense. But when you're doing this research and you write down, yep, I like that one. That one looks cool. That one's affordable. People recommend this one. Ask either your friends or family that are obviously gun owners if they have one. Or there are many gun ranges out there that have rental guns. And you bring your list and say, hey, do you have this? I would like to rent that. And you try it. You test drive it. Because some may look cool and it's affordable, but then you shoot it and the recoil sucks. 
or your hand can't fit right on it. I mean, people have asked me, like, how do I know when the gun is right for me? I'm like, you're, you're just going to know. Your hand's going to fit just right. And the recoil is going to be manageable. And you're going to like, I like this. This is fun. Then that's the one for you. So, again, what is the best gun? Do your research. Um, what is the purpose of it? Are you going to carry it? Where on your person are you going to carry it? And then go test drive them. Go rent some. Try them out. And then, of course, purchase. Now And then, along with the best gun, best caliber. What's the best caliber? You know, you're going to have some old fuddy-duddies. I carry a 45 because I can't carry a 46. Oh, God. That's such an old trope. I'm so annoyed by that. The most common calibers for self-defense, at least when carrying a firearm, typically a pistol, is a 9mm, a 40 caliber, 40 Smith & Wesson, and a 45. I recommend, again, test driving those guns. What recoil can you handle? If you like a 9mm, 9mm, you typically can carry more rounds in your firearm. Then that's what you go with. If you like the 45, buy the 45. There is really not any caliber on the market today that is a quote unquote bad caliber for self defense. A 22 long rifle, I would not recommend. It's too small. Does it do the job? It can. It absolutely it can. But typically, you may want you want to start with like a 380. Nine, but nine millimeter, forty-five, or forty Smith and Wesson is usually the go-to's for self-defense. Twenty-twos are inexpensive and they're great for target shooting. But stick with the, the nine, the forties, and the forty-fives, and even the three eighties. Those are usually a smaller gun, uh, so the older shooters out there will be like, "Ah, oh, they're shitty." Back in the seventies and eighties, yeah, they were a shitty caliber, but ballistics have come a long way so a 380 is actually not too bad not too bad um how how should i carry my gun well again it comes down to you and how you dress um i have some female friends of mine that are very fit and slender and they jog a lot and they carry a firearm while they're jogging Like one of them, she has a very slender 380 with a little clip on it, and she runs like in the yoga pants, and she's able to just slip it inside her waistband. Doesn't even know it's there. You you look at her, you can't can't really see it. Um, a lot of people carry inside waistband, or IWB. Um, if you don't know what that is. You look at a police officer, you see his gun just kind of hanging out there. That's an OWB, outside waistband. Easily accessible, but it's bulky. You know, it's it's out there. So if you're carrying outside waistband, you're going to have to have some loose-fitting clothes that are a little bit longer than typical to hide that bulge. Giggity. No, no giggity. <laughs> inside waistband, it's a little more uncomfortable to carry but definitely more concealable you know there's always a give and take you know um so inside waistband a little 
more uncomfortable, but easily concealed. Outside, less concealable, but more comfortable. There's apex, or excuse me, apex. Thank God. Appendix. There's appendix carry. I'm too much of a big guy to carry that, but if you're slender, you carry that kind of in your, your front waistband. Um, some people say, well, what about an ankle holster? There's nothing wrong with that, but I, me personally, personal preference, personal preference, I would recommend an ankle holster for like a backup revolver. Because if somebody gets in your face, hopefully that never, ever happens to you. But if somebody is in your face and you are fearing for your life, how are you going to get to your ankle to defend your life? That's why I prefer that as like maybe a backup. You know, you get knocked down, you know, shoved somewhere and you fall down and you can't get to your main you know firearm you can reach your ankle hopefully again that never ever happens to you but you're gonna have to try them out again this goes back to what i already talked about what gun should you get you find the one you get now you have to figure out how how am i going to carry this on my person how i'm going to how am i going to get access to it so you you will buy several holsters until you find the one that fits you your body shape your lifestyle you know maybe you're in suits or blouses and skirts a lot you're gonna have to figure out how to conceal that firearm dress like that if you're a jeans and t-shirt person you got a little bit more leeway you know if you wear yoga pants and, and stuff like you know tight fitting clothes you're gonna have it it comes down to your lifestyle what type of gun you're carrying and that is gonna figure out determine that's going to determine what type of holster and you know where you're going to carry it. Trial and error. There's a lot of trial and error. Um, another big question. This is the one I wanted to save kind of, kind of for the end. <clears throat> Kids and guns. I have been asked, especially when you hear like you know, school shootings. Not a very happy topic. Brian and I have talked about some of those before um but when it comes to teaching children firearm safety what are my thoughts on it do i am i in favor of that i am 100 percent in favor of teaching children about firearms and firearm safety however there is a caveat when people hear that their first thought is typically regarding their kids or kids they know think about eight nine-year-old or seven eight nine-year-old boys they are rambunctious as fuck they're like super balls dipped in monster energy drink they are off the fucking wall now do i think you should teach a, a child like that about guns no no teaching them do not go near them if do not touch stuff like that sure but to actually put one in their hands, try to teach them about gun safety and how to safely handle and shoot a gun, I, I'm definitely on the side of probably not. I wouldn't want to go down that road because they're not going to be focused. They're going to be too off the wall. However, there are kids out there that are very mature for their age. They're more calm. 
they're more relaxed. It's kind of like teaching a young kid, you know, how to play piano or the trumpet or, or some musical instrument. There are some kids, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And then they're, you know, half-assing it through practice. But then there's some kids that they're really into it. They're really focused. You know, they pay attention. Those are the kids I don't have a problem with a, again, trained adult. Safety first, of course. That's the type of child I don't have a problem someone sitting down, teaching them the proper safety ways of how to handle, load, unload, and all that shit with a gun. Many shooting ranges, at least here up in Connecticut, they restrict the age to, I believe, 14. And they're only allowed to shoot 22 long rifle calibered rifles in their range. But obviously people that have land, they can do whatever the fuck they want. But that's just my opinion. And opinions are like assholes. And I know there's going to be people that hear me say that and go, Ah, you're a fucking pussy. Okay, then I guess I'm a fucking pussy. I don't care. It's my opinion, not yours. And there's going to be some people that go, absolutely not. They got to be 18. (laughs) Okay, Fud. Okay, Karen. (laughs) You know, it's just like I know adults that shouldn't be able to drive a fucking car because they drive like shit. I see them every day when I go to work. They are fucking terrible. But I also know 16-year-olds out there that are very responsible when they're behind the wheel. Again, it's an individual thing. Some kids, most kids probably are too off the wall to focus on gun safety, but there are some that are capable of that. So I don't have a problem with that. And of course, if they're taught by the right person, you know, mom or dad or even grandpa, you know, a family friend, somebody that's been around firearms and is responsible with them. So that is my opinion on kids handling guns or being taught about guns. But I do not have a problem with any kid being taught, hey, if you see one of daddy or mommy's guns lying around, what do you do? I leave the room and I go tell an adult. There's nothing wrong with that. You should tell that and teach that to every kid. But you also shouldn't leave a loaded firearm lying around just, you know, willy-nilly. You know, it you know, kind of takes a little common sense, too. So if you have any questions regarding firearms or comments, you can find Ryan and I's uh, podcast, again, Two Guys, One Campfire, on Facebook. I'm also, we're also on Twitter. But uh, if you have any questions or comments, please hit us up. You don't, and if you don't feel comfortable posting it on Facebook, you can message us. So uh, hopefully logistics will work out well. I believe it will. And Ryan and I will have uh, a new podcast episode next Sunday with the both of us. So until then, thank you for your support. And take care.